<laughs> You're listening to Beyond the Bike with Big Lou. And now a few words from our advertisers. Welcome to Sysmontane Brewing Company. We are located at 1409 East Warner Suite 6, Santa Ana, California 92705. We are open on Monday through Thursday from 3 to 9, Friday and Saturday from 12 to 9, and Sunday from 12 to 6. We have 15 beers on tap with rotating seasonal options. We also have a cask night and taco Tuesday every Tuesday from 3 to 9. And we also feature vinyl Sundays where you can come and choose your own record and we play your music for you. We'll see you soon, Santa Ana. Cheers. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Bike. We got the doctor in the house, Dr. Thomas Rombacher. Hello, Lou. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. All right. So, this is completely out of my element. I mean, obviously, you've been you've been in the studio before talking story about uh, your adventures and the whiskey and stuff like that. Uh, um, but now we're going to get to the nitty-gritty about stem cells. Yeah, stem cells is a real hot topic right now. Everyone's talking about it. It's in the news. Everyone's got... Some something to say about it. It seems like uh, everywhere you turn around, uh, there's some new stuff coming out. And um, I've got a little bit of experience with it, maybe a lot of experience. Um, part of my uh, degree as a, uh, as a foot and ankle reconstructive surgeon is I also have a, a fellowship in, from the American College of Wound Care Professionals, which makes me certified in wound care. And I do a lot of that on the surgical basis mainly mm-hmm. and in the office as well. So um, there's a lot of misconceptions about what stem cells really are and what they aren't. And uh, I thought uh, with it being so popular, people might want to hear a little more information about it. Yep. We got Dr. Thomas Rombacher, Podiatry Hotline, in the studio, hits101radio.com. All right, Thomas. So let's, uh, let's get into it, man. What, give us a breakdown of what it is. What are the misconceptions? Uh, people are like, well, is it? Baby, that you're just pulling babies out of the. Right, <laughs> what right. I mean, what is it, man? You know, yeah, uh, educate so, us a little bit. So, um, I, I guess we should start with that. Um, there are no fetal stem cell um, transplants happening here in the United States of America. Uh, that uh, fetal um, research was banned um, in the '90s, and uh, that ban still is intact. So, um, that kind of brings us into to, to kind of what stem cells are. So. When uh, Europe and some of the rest of the world was experimenting and continue to experiment with uh, fetal stem cells, we're not doing that here in the U.S. So mm-hmm. uh, there is no doctor, at least legitimate doctor here, that is uh, using anything like that. No Dr. Kevorkian out there? Uh, I think Dr. <laughs> Kevorkian was real, so there is such a guy. But uh, uh, but uh, the, the reality is, no, that, that's not what we're doing. Um, really, stem cells, the, the story starts with when that band happened. So they're like, okay. Uh, we can't use fetal cells. The rest of the, 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 the nations are trying to do that. So if we can't do that, what can we do? And um, they came up with this thing called PRP, platelet-rich uh, plasma therapy. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, well, if you get a cut, your cut would heal because you would get a scab. 
and the scab would be made of platelets. And so maybe if we put platelets into the areas, uh, we could uh, regenerate uh, tissue when, when the healing stops. Uh, and they've done that for many years now. And uh, that's the first level of stem cells. So there are doctors that are doing PRP. The price of PRP now that real stem cells are, have come around is really low. So um, now that PRP is easily available, everybody's doing PRP from the sports medicine doctor to the uh, you know, regular MD down the street, uh, all the way to the specialist uh, like myself. Um, so PRP has become inexpensive, so it's now available to the masses. But the problem with PRP is it's not truly akin to stem cells, even though everyone throws it in with stem cells. Um, the, the problem with uh, PRP versus stem cells is the problem of age. And um, as we age, uh, our cells divide, and that's why we continue to be able to grow, and our skin and bones are very active. They're not dead. They're, they're mm. very alive. And so what happens is as they continue to cell divide, um, the, the telomeres or the, the part of the cells uh, with cell division uh, age, and they shorten, and this is what causes us to get and look older over time. So if I am telling you I'm going to get stem cells, and I'm going to get stem cells from your blood— well, the cells in your blood are the same age as you are. So you're not getting stem cells. All you're doing is taking cells from one part and transporting it to the other. Mm -hmm. And um, when you're trying to get something to heal better than it normally would, I would say the problem is not distribution. The problem is your cells need a boost. And, okay. and to get a boost, you've got to get a boost from outside of your body. So even if you do... Um, uh, bone marrow. How about bone marrow, uh, Dr. Rombacher? Yeah, bo bone marrow is there too, but it's it's a hemopoietic cells. You're, you're still sticking to the bloodstream, and the the marrow, even though it turns over, uh, is is still got the same aging problem as the rest of you. So that brings us to to real stem cells. But I get that PRP question and the bone marrow aspirin the most because everyone's like, "Hey, this is really cheap," mm -hmm. and, and unfortunately, you're kind of getting what you pay for with that. So so what's happened is now they have taken um, some companies have come out with some placental cells. And I'm going to talk about uh, four main types of real stem cell or three main types of real stem cells and uh, in a kind of a, uh, advanced PRP uh, as well. Um, when, when we talk about the, the first main type of stem cell, your question is, hey, wh wh what are they? Where'd they come from? Right. And um, if we're asking where they came from, all of the, the stem cells that, that I currently use uh, come from live births. So that means... Mom had a C-section. These are all planned C-sections. And uh, that's important for a couple reasons because um, it, the live births over here, baby's fine, baby and mom go home, but it gives us the ability to kind of test both the mom and the baby to be able to have psychological profiles and things. Wow. Uh, to, just, to, just to make sure that, that we're getting quality stuff. You don't mm -hmm. want to get, you know. You want the good stuff. <laughs> you you want to get the best possible stuff uh, there is. Uh, there, there's some, some interesting research on, uh, you know, cellular transplant and, and things like that. So, um, um, but you do, like, let's say you have a, the mom and the baby that they're going to donate or they do they sell it, do they donate it? And also, uh, is, do they, do, are they tested before? They uh, um, harvest whatever they're going to yeah, harvest. Th th those are the questions we get a lot. Um, I can't. I can donate you a kidney, and mm -hmm. if you need one, I'd probably give you one, Lou. Thanks. <laughs> but I can't sell you a kidney. So okay. So here we can't sell uh, body parts like that. Um, but um, if I don't know the true answer to that, but my understanding is the following. Um, you can get reimbursed for testing and, and other things, just like you're in a, a, a lab study. Mm -hmm. uh, you and I had a have a friend from biking that uh, made his living for a while just being a, a laboratory rat, taking different drugs and doing different things. <laughs> um, and there's actually a fair amount of money in that. Um, but but that's that's not what we're really talking about here. What we're talking about is the, the, the mothers do donate uh, the tissue. Um, and when they donate the tissue, they, they have the testing and, and take the, the things that they need to make sure it's safe and it doesn't have disease in it and other things like that. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's placental tissue. It's either from the, the cord. The cord goes between the mom and the baby, and the placenta is kind of the, the, the yolk sac, if you will, to, to, to help this all go along. And so those parts from a birth are normally discarded. 
Um, and for a while now, most people have heard of cord blood banking and, uh, and, and uh, tissue banking, where instead of discarding that, that, that tissue, you can do something with it or save it for future use. And, and what you're saving there is the mesenchymal cells or the cells, and you send it to a laboratory, and the laboratory keeps it alive, and they, they tissue bank it. And that way, in the future, 20 years down the road, if your child's got some rare disease, then maybe you can science will come where they can take the stem cells and do things with them. As long as the cryo, the cryo bank doesn't doesn't run out of juice, right? Or they, they forgot to pay the electricity or something. Oh, oh man, there's there's a, a lot of money uh, to be made by the cryo banks. And I'm going to talk about the cryo banks here in just a second because um, I, I've actually toured a cryo bank. I've actually been to one of the facilities. I've seen what they do uh, because I wouldn't use any product that I don't know as much as possible about. And so I've, I've uh, so I do actually use products from that. Mm-hmm. Um, banking process, so I actually went and toured the tissue bank, and it's uh, it's pretty fabulous what they're able to do. Yeah. So we've got the, the we've got the the placental tissue, mm-hmm. and so um, about four or five years ago, uh, a company came out with this, and I started using it in in, in my surgery endeavors. Um, mainly, it was developed for uh, podiatry, orthopedics, and for neurosurgery, where the two people they were focused on because we have really hard to heal stuff, and uh, so. What, what this tissue is, is it's fixed, killed, not alive tissue, but it is the cells. So they take the cells, they process them, and they process them in such a way that really extends the growth factors. And growth factors are, of course, things that make them grow. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're having plants, the growth factors are the miracle growth, right? It's the right. thing that accelerates the growth along. And so they came out with these products first for uh, uh, wounds. Um, and, you know, they had some indications uh, you know, acute and chronic issues. Uh, it can help with uh, decreasing scar tissue, uh, modulate inflammation, enhance uh, healing, which of course enhance healing is what we're about, and provide a protective barrier depending on which product it is and where you put it. Mm-hmm. So it's got these four indications that uh, for use. So I've used them a lot for wounds, and it has. Uh, there's not just studies that prove it, and there are several studies that prove it on point. But they're subjectively, like what I've seen. It's been amazing. Case study after case study, I'm healing these huge defects, these uh, transmetatarsal amputations where I have to take a lot of uh, bone and tissue that's necrotic and no good. And normally those wounds just don't heal very well, uh, but we've been able to use this tissue to heal that and uh, save people from having full amputations. Or if we do a partial amputation, leave it at that and maybe not just a ray and not, not just a toe or two and not the whole foot. Yeah. Now, that doesn't sound like a huge advantage, but if you look at the medical studies, once you've, you would be better off to have a bad form of breast cancer than you would to have an amputation in mortality rates. Five-year mortality rate is lower than mm. breast cancer, which is mind-blowing. Yeah. It, it's, it, even saying it doesn't sound right, but I've seen the numbers and I know it is mm-hmm. right. So with, with the stem cells, I mean, we're kind of a little off topic, but mm-hmm. um, like athletes use them to recover, right? Any injuries yeah. or whatever? Yeah. I mean, do they do they... Is it something that you, you could you have to inject in, a, in the area, or how does that work? So, um, so yeah, the, we're mainly using them for tendonitis or advanced healings. And, and when people hear about them, they do hear about them for the athletic thing. I was giving you a little bit of history about the wounds. Right. But to, to, to make it more on point, we've been using that for years, and now we use it for tendonitis, and we'll use it for um, slow healing areas like plantar fasciitis. Uh, we can use it for... Um, Arthritis has, has been some things that we've tried to play around with to just try to give people a true alternative. And so a lot of times I will combine them with an established therapy, uh, a clean-out therapy or something called a uh, arthrodiastasis where it's kind of a pull-apart theory, so therapy. So I, I use one of the therapies that we've already used and, and maybe to, to add something to it to, to, to make it work a little bit better, and that's, mm-hmm. that's worked really great. Um, so... Uh, We'll do it a lot on athletes. Uh, I've done it uh, on almost every tendon in the foot. Um, uh, the Achilles tendon is always the one everyone's concerned about, right? Because mm-hmm. you rupture Achilles tendon, it's going to change your life forever, and it does. Right. So trying to prevent that or trying to give you a, a less invasive uh, way to do it. Um, there's lots of companies now that are promoting it for plantar fasciitis because, you know, the even though they have better surgical techniques than just chopping it in two like they used to, it's still uh, something that people don't want to have to have surgery. So it comes right. in as surgical alternatives. If you look at the newer stem cells, which is, uh, so I'm going to call that first generation stem cell. The first one I described there, the placental tissue that's fixed. There are, um, there's uh, 
the newer one would be cord blood. Well, everyone knows about cord blood because they're saving it for, from their baby in case they need it in the future. And when it comes to cord blood, um, the cord blood takes the, 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 it looks for mesenchymal cells, live cells, and it, it banks those. And uh, the tissue bank that I went to, they take the cord blood, they thaw it out, they do it in a sterile room, so it's like two parts per million, the, the clean room they use, which is insanely clean. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they actually take it to a machine that not only counts the cells, it actually counts the live cells. So oh, it wow. looks for signs of life. Because one of the big knocks on it is, how do I know this stuff's alive? It's been frozen. Right. And, uh, and um, so that's, that's a big thing, that they're able to actually show a report that they deliver this many live cells. Mm-hmm. And so this many live cells is uh, what the cord blood is, and it's the, the first level into stem cells, regenerative medicine, what we're really talking about here, that has mesenchymal cells. And why is that a big deal? Well, they all have growth factors. So they're all going to do that growth factor thing that I've described in detail. But now if you've got mesenchymal cells, now you've got cells that are younger. You've got youthful cells. You're not dealing with advancing your cells. And, and the stem cells make your cells grow faster, mm-hmm. make your cells grow harder. That's, that's the thought process behind it, at least. But it still deals with the process of the age of your cells. Right. And so these actually have live cells that it's delivering for you. Um, and, and the thought is these cells can hopefully, like, turns into like, and it can at least push the stage along. The next level up is called Wharton's jelly. Wharton's jelly is the trough where the cord is. So if you, you look at the cord, oh, man. It, it's like an aqueduct thing. It's, the, it's, it's not the blood flowing in your veins. It's the tissue around it that supports it or keeps it alive. Okay. It has almost three times the amount of mesenchymal cells. And it is um, one of probably the most popular now because the question is how many times do you need the stem cell shop, right? Do you need it more than once? And PRP is often more than once. Uh, even the cord blood can be used more than once. I have never had to give more than one of the Wharton jelly shots. When I give a Wharton's jelly, the, the high stem cells, um, it pretty much does the thing. Now, the, so that's second generations of the cord blood. Third generation would be the Wharton's jelly. Um, second and third generation came out together. So we've got first generation, second generation, and third generation stem cells. Mm-hmm. And we got this PRP that's kind of like stem cells, but it's really not. There's also a thing called exosome. And exosome gets really complicated, but the, the, the thought process is if it's just the growth factors. The thing about exosomes, they work better, and they're cheaper than PRP. Now, I keep saying it works better than PRP, and I want to just hit that one more time. It, there's three stages of healing. And so the first stage of healing is going to be uh, inf- inflammation. And then you get the proliferation or the migration uh, phase. And the third stage is remodeling. And so people say, how long do the stem cells take to work? Well, you look at the phases of healing. That's exactly what you're looking at. And so the the PRP pretty much just goes in and does the inflammation. Well, there's lots of ways I can do inflammation for a heck of a lot cheaper. I could do needling. And there's a big controversy right now about ibuprofen, <laughs> right? Um, but but no, actually causing inflammation. Okay. So you can purposely cause inflammation to get something to heal. It's called proliferation therapy. It's been around since the early '70s, and so you could inject inexpensive things in to do that. Um, the PRP really is a version of that. Needling is where they actually take needles and stick it into your skin. Oh, you know, I'm, like you yeah. mean uh, acupuncture, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> acupuncture is different. It's got pressure points. Needling's yeah. just like I'm just gonna stab he, you or something. Stab you? No, <laughs> okay. it really is stab you. That's not a joke. Okay. Um, I like to say in the Can foot. Can I apply for that? Or <laughs> right. I like to say in the foot. If I'm, I could just take a hammer and hit you in this place. Mm. No, I don't do that. But if I did do that, it would cause inflammation. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it would kickstart the, 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 the stages of healing. Well, a true stem cell isn't just going to give you inflammation. It's going to push you into the proliferation or migration cell. And they call that in biochemistry called, I know everyone just glazed over biochemistry, but it's called cell signaling. So we're getting like cells to come here and do the same thing. Did you, did you say cell signaling? Cell signaling, signaling cells. It's almost like shred signaling. What's the other one? The shred st- signaling. That was a, one of Tony's podcasts. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> Resting the link. Like, oh, what do you got on your bike? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, so. Radness. <laughs> okay. Uh, sorry to interrupt you. Okay. Mm-hmm. But what about the, the, the pricing? Because I'm, I'm sure people mm-hmm. are going to be like, okay, like PRP is probably like pretty cheap. Uh, pricing also. Um, pricing is going to change over time. Uh, but uh, the, pri- it, the pricing it? as of today is, um, and 
first of all, PRP used to be thousands of dollars. Wow. Most places are going to do PRP for a thousand. Um, the first generation stem cell um, running around two thousand bucks, sometimes a little bit more. Second generation is going to be about thirty-five to four thousand. Jeez. Uh, and then the third generation, the Wharton's jelly, it's going to run in about uh, five to six thousand dollars. Wow. Now you say, God, that's super expensive. I agree, that is super expensive. But the cost of having a surgery, the cost of recovery, the cost of the, you know, when when I fuse joints together, they yeah. take you know two three months to heal. Mm-hmm. That's that's a big personal cost. Um, you know, that you have to deal and you have to uh, have your foot in a cast and other things. So it does save you a lot. You, you ask yourself, what is the human cost of having surgery? And there is a cost to that. As a surgeon, I'm very aware of that every day, mm-hmm. that there's a cost to, to the surgeries that I do. I can do the best surgery in the world, but I got to make sure you can recover from it. Right. right? And I got to optimize you for that. And the stem cells will cut down on the healing time. They definitely do accelerate the stages of healing. And I think they do that with the cell signaling or bringing cells into the area. Right. So the first generation that I've been using for almost five years now, uh, the first generation stem cell, I'm able to get covered through most people's insurance. Really? And I have to say that again because in case the microphone didn't get picked up because people come <laughs> into the office and they're like, no, there's got to be some hidden cost. Yeah. And the reality is I've been using it f- for long enough that most of the local hospitals that I work with have it on the shelf. It's sitting there. They know it's a good thing. They know it's going to help people recover. And they know if you use it, then you're going to go, I had surgery at X hospital and I had such a good result. I'm going to tell all my friends that I went to that hospital. Mm-hmm. And so the hospitals almost do it almost like a marketing piece because they want you to heal faster because in the hospitals that compete with each other, they can go, I went to this hospital and I, and I, and I healed faster. So one of my local hospitals started doing that five years ago, and now all the others are like, oh, man, we're missing the boat. So, so now most people have it just sitting there on the shelf ready to go. What's the shelf of life? So the first generation is freeze-dried. So it has almost a two- to three-year um, shelf life uh, from preparation. The other ones, well, they're cryopreserved. They're frozen. Um, so there have almost uh, – we don't know the shelf life yet. You know, it's, okay. it's, It would be considered to be a, a long shelf life. However, there is still, you know, the, the issue about the telomeres that I brought up and the, the cellular aging. So um, I know that the laboratories I use try to use uh, younger or newer uh, cells uh, within at least the first uh, four years. So, so they try to get all new stuff uh, when they're in, in the market of selling them. Mm-hmm. But if you were saving your own, like some people are, uh, you don't have to be worried about that. There, there's, it's still of value. There is a, a value to that. Now, what, what was the gap between... The first gen, second, the third gen, yeah. between like progress, like like all right, well now we we hit a breakthrough, like all right, cool, this is awesome. Now let's see if we can, you know, progress. Yeah. And so you know. so we've got the, the the stem cell alternatives, which we we've talked about in details, including those exosomes, which is what I use in my practice. So if someone wants an alternative, I say, hey, I am going to get you. Um, the, the, the media with all the growth factors that these things are, are cooking in. So basically the things that they feed to the, to the cells uh, to keep them alive, they sell those as well, and those are cheaper than the PRP. So now you don't have to have a needle draw. You don't have to deal with blood products. I don't have to expose me or my staff to blood products, which I don't really want to do. I mean, I'm a surgeon, obviously, I do in surgery, but I don't want to do that in my office if I don't have to. Mm-hmm. So it, it's one of those things where it cuts down on, on some of that. Um, so... And then the first generation, um, able to, to, to get covered, I'm able to get it covered at some of the local hospitals. If you ha- had to pay out of pocket, of course, we already talked about the pricing of that. So those are dead, though. So they're not alive, but you're still getting the cells. So you get the cells. In theory, you're going to get the cell signaling. Um, the next generation has live stuff in there. Being live, of course, it's going to cell signal better and bring more uh, healing. And again, to, to the, the three stages of healings are inflammatory, proliferation, migration, and uh, regenerative. So the first stage happens in the first five to seven days. It's just immediate almost. Um, and you don't get any real healing there. You know, the body says, hey, I'm cut. If I'm cut, I want to stop the bleeding. And that's what that's really about. Um, and you get inflammation because inflammation means your body's snooping out what's wrong. Something's wrong. Let me go check this out. They send down the fibroblast. They send down the fiberclast. They send down the, the stuff to clean the cleaning crew to mm-hmm. clean out all the, all, the, all the platelets and stuff that you've left in there and yep. all the, the stuff. So they clean it out, and then they have to go fixing it. And so that fixing uh, starts at, at, at around day 7 to 10, and that goes for the first two months. So if you're going to heal something – 
you better heal it in the first two months or it goes into remodeling. And remodeling is kind of chronic. And now the body's like, eh, we already dealt with that problem. Let's just go on and do something new. Let's go on to the next thing. You know, kind of like we are. When, when you're on Instagram, you go, eh, next. Right. Next. That's kind yeah. of what the body does when it gets to that remodeling stage. And uh, that stage, of course, lasts for a long time. But the initial part of that's going to be about a year. Wow. Interesting. That's a. Uh, I want to, to go to the doctor and check out my knee then because it's been a while. <laughs> um, you know, knees are up and coming. And let's talk about knees for a second because everyone's. I mean, I'm a foot and ankle guy, right? But yeah. Um, so that's that's your pretty much your your forte. That's your region right there, foot and ankle. I'm foot and ankle, but I actually have knee surgeons that send me patients. And you go, well, that's weird. Because if the foot's all crooked, of course the knee's going to be crooked. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they send me patients, they make orthotics for them. Hook them up. Like, make, the, make it right. See if they need a knee replacement. By the way, if your knees, if your foot's all wrong, it's going to put pressure on the knee, and that knee replacement's not going to work. Correct. But let's talk knee replacements. I like talking knee replacements. You know what? So, um, I used to work for, uh, um, for Stryker, mm-hmm. uh, Zimmer, a company called Helmetica, and then uh, Biomet. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I, I would uh, I was uh, part of the hip department. You know, I would we would have trays underneath the table with like you know ten trays with all the instruments that you need to 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 you know perform a surgery. And then in the back in the back uh, warehouse, we would have all the all the bins with all the sterilized you know um, the femurs, the you know the the the, the shells, all the mm-hmm. all the stuff. And then depending on the person's insurance, that's what we would send out because you know there was you know like just like a, a car, right? So you have the base model, and then you have like the deluxe model, oh. you know. And and some of the, the some of the, the the polyethylene, you know, plastics, some would last longer, some you know, or some wouldn't. And then depending on if it was like a press fit, you know, or, or it was like cemented, you know, type of a femur or whatever, you know. But um, I I enjoyed that kind of stuff for a little bit, and then I, I got a, I got yeah. I got over it. <laughs> yeah, you know, after like seven years, I'm like I'm done. That's one of the things about the first generation is seven out of ten of my insurance companies cover it. And, and I do take everything. I take the HMO, the PPO, the, the, the Medicare, of course. I take all, everything, and um, I've been able, very successful, to get uh, most of them to cover it, which is, is great because now I'm getting people into the good stuff. And, and unfortunately, there is a, a, a disconnect there, and I hate that, that part of, of the, the medicine thing. Mm-hmm. The, the knee stuff is so interesting because in Europe, they don't do hardly any knee replacements. What are they doing then? Stem cells. Stem cells. They do stem cells into the knee. And wow. so they put people, they do physical therapy, they do stem cell, sometimes they'll do weight loss, whatever, but, but they have a program and it's all about stem cells. So Europe has been using stem cells for quite some time. And that's one of the reasons that we're so comfortable to use stem cells here is because we see their data, we see their research. Even though our stem cells came from a different way, mm-hmm. right? We, we harvest them differently. Well, I call mine ethical stem cells, right? They're ethical. <laughs> um, but um, it, it, we, we've got all this data to kind of show what it does. So in Europe, they don't do knee replacements. They do stem cell shots. So here, um, I think the last data I saw was like, uh, I think the United States is doing 80% of all hip replacements, or of knee hip replacements, of knee replacements, 80% of all knee replacements. In the world? Mm-hmm. Wow. And that's kind of amazing if you think about it. And the, uh, the, the, the knee replacements... Um, those those patients um, could benefit from the from the stem cell. They could have something as an alternative. We're starting to see that more and more. But then we look at fiscal stuff and like Medicare and and I remember when Obamacare was happening. They always having this discussion. And this is something that said in my mind. Medicare sets aside a budget every year, and for the pre care, after care, and um, surgical implants uh, of a knee replacement, they spend a hundred percent of their budget on just knee replacements every Jeez. year. So they go over. They spend extra money on everything else. But knee replacements was by far the biggest piece of the puzzle because mm-hmm. it's not just the knee replacement. It's the time after to recover. The knee replacement fails because maybe, you know, for, for whatever reason. Yeah, sometimes some the body rejects that, it. Right? Yeah. So, right. The body can reject it. Yeah. Um, they haven't got to the point where they're doing knee replacements with stem cells yet. Maybe maybe they will. I don't know. That would be kind of a, a, a next generation. Mm-hmm. But the thing about the stem cells is when we're talking about real stem cells, there's newer stuff coming out. Generation four, generation five. I can't wait to see what we come up with because we got good stuff now. Um, so I'm really excited to see what the, what the they're going to be able to to do to kind of boost or augment the stem cells that we've got. So it's a very exciting area of medicine, this regenerative medicine, 
uh, gets my juices flowing. I'm, <laughs> I, I can be a relatively excitable guy anyway, but uh, when you get me talking about stem cells, it's great. And people have questions because mm-hmm. uh, they've heard something. They've had a friend that have it. Uh, we have a biking friend that, that just had a, a, a knee surgery, and it wasn't going so good. She wasn't doing too good. Mm-hmm. And she went and got stem cells. She says it's amazing. Wow. By the way, she got the Wharton's gel. She got the she got the expensive oh, one. Oh, she got the she got the bougie one. She, huh? she got the yeah yeah. She <laughs> no, spare no expense. But you know it, you know she wanted to get back on the bike. She wants to be passionate. And, yeah. And these are the stories I hear day to day. And uh, I've got Medicare patients come in and say, "Oh yeah, but our insurance won't cover it." Yeah, yours will. Uh, PPOs cover it. Some HMOs. I, I can't. They don't all cover it. I've got a, a couple mm-hmm. HMOs I deal with that don't cover it, but uh, most of them do. But even if it's not a covered. Uh, it's it's a wonderful product just to, 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 to go spend your money that to go yeah to uh, go spend your money that way and um, the the PRP and the um, the uh, spending your money there it's it's okay but you know I, I say go get the needles go get the hammer uh, because uh, <laughs> or get the proliferation shot there, there's other alternatives I think before uh, you get that uh, that bill, bill of goods I kind of feel like that's uh, leading people astray a little bit yeah so the first gen oh the first gen um, it's can be done in the office oh yeah um, no the, the the first generation is uh, typically done. At a, uh, yeah, we got an audio issue. I'm just not hearing. Do you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you fine. All right, cool. Um, the the first generation is uh, typically uh, going to be done at a uh, hospital. So what 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 we do is we're able to get. Um, it's no big deal. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's no big deal. But the first generation is uh, typically done at a hospital. So um, some surgery centers cover it. I I did uh, one uh, Wednesday. And uh, Wednesday, the uh, surgery center covered it. So it, it, we do sometimes have surgery centers cover it. Um, I, I have done some at the office. I mean, the reality is I've done some of the first generation at the office, but then you have to pay for it. So it really is a discussion on, you know, finances, where you want to be. For most people, you know, getting, a, a, you know, a chest X-ray or, or, or a medical clearance to, and a couple, a lab draw to, to have surgery and have it paid for, I would say the majority of my patients have said, yeah, no, it's, let's just do a couple things and, and do it with a surgical procedure mm-hmm. as opposed to doing it as a true alternative. But true alternatives are available. I've got a person uh, next week that has uh, an ankle uh, that has severe arthritis in it. I had actually, it's partially, uh, the, 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 the cartilage is missing. So it's trying to fuse together. Jeez. And, and so um, his opinions have been, hey, let's just go with the fusion. My opinion wasn't that much different. I said, hey, you know, I can go fuse this. Yeah, we can fuse it. He's like, I don't want a fusion. I want an alternative to a fusion. And I said, well, hey, how, how about the stem cell? Him and his wife have done more research than any patient I've ever seen. They did all of this research on it. And, of course, they want the Wharton's jelly if you do the research. Uh, and uh, they, they want uh, more than one of the Wharton's jelly. And I said, okay. And so um, I'm actually going to do a series of that. And I'm kind of excited to do that because that product's so good, I've only ever done it once because people have got better and don't need it more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he is such a severe case. They've done their research, and they said, no, we want multiples. We want them from the same strain. Uh, they've looked at the, some of the, the uh, testing that was done, and they, they picked they wanted this uh, donor, even though it's not donated directly to them. They've done some research. And it's uh, and sat down with the company. They toured the lab, too. Oh, geez. Um, so it's really interesting what they came through uh, to go above and beyond to try to, to get an alternative to this fusion because they don't believe in fusion. Mm-hmm. And they, they want to do anything they can to save that. And, you know, he, he had an opinion 10 years ago he should have had a fusion. So here he is 10 years later still limping around on this thing. Jeez. So, so well, I mean, why haven't we come up with, with, the, with a cartilage or alternative to, you know, to replace it, right? I mean, instead of just... Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, so, so, so the, the, the question there is, does the stem cells heal cartilage? And, and the reality is we don't have a study to say that. We don't know. We can talk about healing. We can talk about the stages. We can talk about cell signaling, trying to bring things there. Um, they have cartilage replacements. I, I have access to them. Oh, I can have cartilage grown on a Petri dish and put it in. Our body does such a good job with cartilage, Lou. It's just one of those things where even though I have replacements and I've used them, they're okay. Putting a plug of cartilage in there is okay. It just it turns into fiber cartilage or replacement cartilage. 
but it still doesn't get that Highland cartilage. That Highland cartilage is the cartilage you're born with, and it's got the the the, the kind of elasticity to it, where it, it kind of it's almost like a sponge cake. You can push mm-hmm. on it, and it does stuff. And uh, we're born with that cartilage, and we don't have a way to get that back yet. Uh, but trying to advance fiber cartilage or trying to get it to be a better version of replacement cartilage uh, is, is one of the one of the really big things right now. Um, how about micro uh, uh, micro trauma surgery? Remember that was all the rage for a little mm-hmm. bit. Man, let's have some microtrauma surgery. <laughs> um, that that's exactly the, the 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 inflammatory stage of healing. You're going in, you're roughing something up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were having that in their knees for a while. Yeah. You notice how people don't talk about microfracture surgery in the knees anymore. No. What, what are the professional athletes doing? And and I, I know <laughs> if a professional athlete has a knee problem, they get what kind of shot? Cortisone. They don't. What they stop they? doing cortisone. So what are they doing now? They're doing stem cells. Duh. Because because the thing about cortisone, uh, before what we had was cortisone or surgery. Well, all of a sudden, cortisone looks very attractive, right? Absolutely. Uh, We're putting some steroid in there. But but everyone knows you're only allowed to have three steroid shots in a place a year, right? Because steroids cause tissue damage, right? You you know somebody or Mm -hmm. heard of somebody that overused cortisone, had too many. Well, so a professional athlete goes... Well, I can get this shot now. It'll help me with this game. It may even help me with the next two or three games. But next year, when my contract's up, or two years when my contract's up, my knee's going to be an issue. I'm going to have a chronic issue. I don't want to keep having cortisone shots. Right. So the athletes have now, and that's why you know LeBron James put himself in a cryo chamber, and a lot of people do that, right? Is, is that is that how he grew grew some of his hair back? Because um, he, he he was his his receiving hairline was was pretty, pretty yeah it outrageous. was pretty good right yeah. I need to do the same thing he did um, the, <laughs> and also I, when he came back I'm like whoa dude like you know so off, R- Rogaine or something <laughs> off topic I have a friend of mine lives in Texas and the last time I saw him he goes hey what do you think of my hair and I looked at him and I go dude you have hair where, where did this hair come from he's like stem cells he had stem cell treatments on his head to regrow his own hair wow so. Um, <laughs> that's pretty impressive. But when it comes to, to, to the, the, ster- the steroid, cortisone shot, the professional athletes aren't getting them. So when people come and want cortisone shot, we still use cortisone for some things, um, plantar fasciitis, um, neuromas. There are foot conditions where we'll use cortisone. Mm-hmm. But I try to steer almost everyone to, instead of tearing something down, because cortisones reduce inflammation and tear the tissue down. Okay. Stem cells reduce inflammation and build the tissue up. Yeah. So, so why would I want to, to make your joint worse by sticking this thing in it that's got crystals in it and it's going to tear the joint down when I could put something in it that could reduce the inflammation just the same and now I can start to, to, to kind of heal things along. Right. So um, you're already seeing on the professional level, they're not, cortisone's out of favor. It's not coming back. In medicine, very soon, it's going to be the wrong thing to do to give yourself an intra-articular uh, a cortisone shot. So these stem cells are going to replace that as they should. And then will, will that drive the, the cost down over time where it's going to be more affordable? You know, absolutely. It will be more affordable. Um, I, I do believe the second and third generations have some potential to be covered by insurance eventually. Uh, the way they've done their, the way they brought the products to market, you currently can't get the insurance company to pay for it. Uh, That's a the, big hit, man. Uh, that is a big hit. The first generation, the way they brought theirs to market, um, they've got studies. They, I, I, I brought a, a book with me. I got the Primer of Regenerative Medicine. That's the first generation. It has all the studies and all the, the stuff in there. Um, but um, the, uh, the interesting thing is it's going to drive the prices down. But for the one uh, product, the uh, cord blood is becoming a supply and demand issue right now. So um, my company called me and said, we're raising your price. And I go, why are you raising my price? I've been with you guys from the beginning. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a believer. And they go, well, the, the plastic surgeons are coming in. They're buying 10 vials of it, and they've got money in hand. So, yeah. you, know, uh, you know, thank you, Dr. Rombacher, for being a loyal customer. So we won't raise your rate as much as we, we're raising other people's rate. But it actually has a supply and demand issue where the rate's going up. And I remember this happening with, uh, with bourbon. Remember this happening with bourbon? All yeah. of a sudden, the prices went through the roof because and you know what, they haven't been aging them. Yeah, you know what, Blanton's, um, last year, it was like 50-some bucks at high-time wine cellars. Mm-hmm. Now it's like almost eighty bucks. I know, Blanton's is so good though. I know, don't 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 tell Johan man that that guy, 
If you go to high times, like, hey, give me a bottle, give me two bottles. I'm like, man, there's a one bottle limit if they, if they even if it's you, even there. You got to get all the horses. You got to <laughs> spell it out. Um, but 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 just like just like the bourbon market went yeah. through that with supply and demand. Right. Uh, stem cells are doing that right now because they are so popular. And um, you know, in the past, it's been orthopedics and uh, and neurosurgery been using it. Well, there's only so many of us, right? There's only so many foot and ankle reconstructive people and so right. many neurosurgeons that are, are, are believing in, in this kind of stuff and wanting to help people heal faster. But there's a lot of plastic surgeons. And now that they oh, got yeah. their hands on it, it's, it's, uh, oh, yeah. it's, it's the wild, wild west. And, and that's, <laughs> that's also making some of the confusion, though. Yeah. So, so now you've got, you know, it's not just the, the, the hardcore surgeons, the board-certified people. It's everyone kind of jumping in. And it's it's really made as a patient. It's very confusing. So I think this is a wonderful opportunity you've given me to kind of clear it up and kind of get people to understand yeah. what is stem cells, what isn't, what are the different generations and types with the cord blood, the Wharton's jelly, uh, the, uh, the 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 reconstituted uh, stem cells, uh, the exosomes, and of course the the PRP. Yeah. So the PRP is like like base model stuff. The PRP is like yesterday's news is basically what it is. Okay. And, and what happens is when yesterday's news, um, when the new things come, then the price drops through the bottom yeah. and it becomes very inexpensive. And now uh, people are making some wild claims that we, we know what PRP is. It's not going to be changing. It's a known entity. Mm-hmm. Um, where the regenerative medicine, the stem cells, this stuff can be changing. This, this is going to be a, an evolving thing, and it's mainly having to do with it, and it's expanding out the, the migration and proliferation stage of healing. So it's not just taking the inflammation. It's not just taking the remodeling, which we don't want to get to. We want to get healed before that. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's bringing this cell signaling. It's bringing stuff in. And um, I had a, 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 um, a student from UCI that was shouting me for a little bit, and he was uh, really heavy into cell signaling. And I actually sat down and talked some of this stuff with him, and um, he said, this is exactly the research that we're doing right now. Wow. Like it, it blew his mind that, that we're here in practice doing stuff that, that they're, they're, they're pushing out and doing research. Um, I'm trying to convince him to become a podiatrist. Uh, I think I'm doing a pretty good job, actually. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but he's trying to decide, do I want to do uh, uh, biomedical research? Do I want to do uh, medicine? So mm-hmm. he's trying to decide, do I want to be a doctor? Do I want to just do research? Honestly, he'll do he'll do great at both. But he was very interested in this part of of medicine, and the regenerative medicine is really sp- sparking his interest. To, to to we need more good people to become doctors, as many as we can get. So, well, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure you you, you get you get hit with a, a lot of the the senior folks at the uh, the leisure world because mm-hmm. you're you're like right there, dude, like yeah, the epicenter some, of, of yeah, I do have world. some I do have a Medicare population, and I do wounds, and a lot of uh, yeah. older people will have wounds as well. I mean, that's that's a big that's a big area right there. But right? I've been so close to 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 Foothill Ranch in the canyon and and RSM. And, and those places, those are really active people. So I've yeah. got people that run 60 miles a week come in. I got one guy who says, I do 60 miles a week. He doesn't do races anymore. He just runs because he loves to run. And he's in his early 60s doing 60 miles a week. And he's like, just keep me going. Now, for him, I just make him orthotics. But when he does start to break down and he won't be able to go forever, he'll start to break down eventually. He's going to be a great candidate for that stuff. So, but, but, I mean, can he start um... – Getting getting shots now, at his age, to kind of prolong, you know. Yeah, yeah, abs- absolutely. As a matter of fact, um, I've I've not done any children, so I've not done anyone over the age of eighteen or under the age of eighteen. Uh, but I've done uh, a twenty three year old uh, athlete. Um, um, she does um, Olympic level uh, gymnast stuff. Oh, geez. Um, and she's she was like, "Hey, everyone wants to give me cortisone. I don't want cortisone. I know you're doing this. Can you help me?" And of course, I can help her. I also have some other minimal invasive surgical things where I'll use ultrasound waves or radio frequency waves or other therapies that are I can do without giving you a stitch. Right? I can right. get in and kind of do some stuff. And I've done that on uh, people. Uh, I've done that on children, uh, you know, mid-teens mm-hmm. uh, to, to late-teens. I've uh, Johans have done the ultrasound on me mm-hmm. in his office. He's like a little, it's like a, it's like a heat thing, right? It's mm-hmm. like a, you know. This one's a little different. They have a surgical one that you can actually go in through needle holes. And I can actually go in and I use uh, radio frequency or uh, ultrasonic and it has a debrider with it. Through needle holes, yeah. Jeez. So it's like arthroscopic but smaller. Yeah. Because an arthroscopic, you get one stitch. This one, you get no stitch. Jeez. So um, I, I do a fair amount of that, and it's it's really, really successful. With the uh, advent of MRI and being so 
inexpensive now. You want to talk about something whose price has been driven down. MRIs are now cheap compared to what they started at. Mm-hmm. Um, but the MRIs really show what's wrong and kind of activities and, and where the swelling is and where it isn't. Uh, so it, it, uh, a lot of my stem cell patients will, will have an MRI first. Right? I'll do an MRI. I'll make sure I've got everything just perfect to make sure I'm putting it in the right place. Um, that's not everyone. Some people are pretty obvious, right? If you only hurt one place and it's the bottom of your heel, that's probably where you need it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, some of the more complicated ankle stuff that I do, um, even some of the, the foot stuff, like, hey, I've got a neuroma. Everyone's got a neuroma, but not really everyone has a neuroma. You have pain in your foot and you call it a neuroma. Uh, or, I, I thought you were talking about funk. Yeah, right? <laughs> or, Everybody's got an aroma. <laughs> or, or bunion, right? Uh, the, the common word is, is bump on your foot, but it really means something to us. It's yeah. helicobductal valgus. So it's, it's really interesting to see how this is kind of seeping into every part of medicine. And if you haven't heard about it yet, oh, boy, you will hear about it. Because um, not only are they talking about it at the water cooler in the, in, in the coffee shop, uh, the doctors are talking about it, too. Almost every doctor I know are like, oh, we're going to send this person over to you because they need stem cells and we're not doing it yet. Oh, by the way, how do we do stem cells, right? So it's, it's one of those things where there's a lot of interest even on the, on the medical end mm-hmm. of the people who don't know how to do it want to find out how to do it because this is where it's going. And, and we are going to be less big open surgeries and more minimal invasive stuff. It's right. all about speed of recovery. Absolutely. It's all about less downtime. You know, you don't want to be away from work because, you know, even if you're on – disability you're only getting half your money you're not getting all your money people want to be working yep and uh these are the kind of things that help people um you know continue to provide for themselves and their family now let me ask you uh how often are you are you um you know going back to school or studying or or doing like uh what are clinics or what I mean? I oh, know man, I do so much continuing medical education. And uh, I'm even uh, going to, to two classes, uh, advanced classes in Florida next week, um, where I'm actually flying in and, and doing a couple classes and then coming back. Um, because I've uh, really been trying to keep myself uh, current and try to keep up with everything and, mm-hmm. and uh, with, of course, my board certification and everything else, um, I do almost 200 plus hours uh, uh a year wow and sometimes i'll do 300 uh, last year i did over 300 hours Jeez. Uh, but but i've done focused on this stuff and uh and I, I love to learn so it's not like it sounds like it's a lot like it's, a, it's out of your schedule but every day we learn lou i know you really well you learn one of the reasons you love interviewing people is you love learning <laughs> and if you love learning you know every day is a joy yeah, and uh, so so even though I have to take away from our practice and from my family to go uh, to some of these places, especially the advanced places, which always tend to be on the East Coast or or somewhere that's not here. Yeah. Um, but uh, but when I go to those places, it does take a little time away, but it's worth it because I bring stuff back for for my own edification. But I really bring stuff back to my practice. Mm-hmm. My patients benefit from the fact that I took some time to know how to do that. I dig through um, four to five uh, journals every single month. And that says four to five. Well, each one's got five to 10 articles in it. So I'm reading 50 to 60 articles, trying to, to stay on the cutting edge, trying yeah. to say current. Uh, things change, mm-hmm. you know, and, and if, if you're not keeping up, then you're, you're, you're getting left behind. Right. So new, uh, new office. Yeah. We're, we're actually moving this weekend and we've got a brand new digs. We're going to be on, uh, on La Paz, uh, in, in the five down in mission Viejo. Got the address. Uh, uh, 26302 uh, La Paz Road. It's Suite 100. It's a corner suite. Uh, it's uh, beautiful, all modern, laminate, the whole whole shooting match. Um, it's, it's right in the corner of a medical, La Paz Medical and Dental Plaza. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited about that. Not so excited about the move. Obviously, moves stink. <laughs> but uh, but you, you can walk down to the Starbucks because there's just like a Starbucks right there's there, There's a right? Starbucks right there. There's an empanada place. I can get my car washed, uh, gas. <laughs> I, got, I got the whole shooting match. It's next to Mission Vehicle High School, too. So yep. um, we, we'll see some... Uh, so, some youth and, and hopefully some parents will see us and, and bring their youth in and the parents will come in and the whole family. We really like, uh, most of my practice is going to be internal referrals, meaning you come and you tell your family and you, and you have your, your, your husband come or your wife come and then you bring your kid and grandma comes or it, it's, it's a lot of that. And, and I like that. You know, I feel like if you're doing a good job, they're going to want to tell their at least immediate family about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, a referral is the nicest compliment that someone can get. And most of my referrals don't come from other physicians. Some do. But most of them come from happy people. That's happy awesome. Happy people tell other happy people. That's awesome. So you're not really, you know, 
on TV, like, you know, hey, this is Dr. Rombacher, and, you know, we got this. Well, I guess I am now. I'm on the radio, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, I, not I, an I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not on TV, and, <laughs> yeah. uh, and I just try to do a really good job. I'm part of the community. Mm-hmm. Um, I live here in South Orange County. I want to take care of the people in Orange County. Um, so since I'm part of the community, I want to do a good job so I can be a part of the community for a long time. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of these fly-by-night guys that's just coming in, you know, collecting a bunch of coins and taking off that that's not what i want to be i want to be in it for the long long yeah. haul so long haul how long have you, how long have you had your practice so i've uh, this is now year number 15 getting ready to go on to year number 16 wow uh trained at the cleveland clinic came out here to california fell in love with surfing couldn't leave um because there's not an ocean in uh ohio uh so <laughs> um so kind of set up practice i've i've it's a lot of rubber in ohio I, I can water ski like the best of them, man. I, I love to water ski. Uh, but, yeah, river's great there. Yeah. Um, but uh, but it kind of fell in love with surfing and kind of wanted to stay out here, give, give it a run, see, see what happened. Uh, and it's, it's been a lot of fun. And the practice has definitely grown. And I went from having three locations and not knowing where I was every day to now I have one location. And, and people come to me. I've had... Uh, people fly from, you know, Peru, a guy flew up, uh, and they come from other states. Uh, they, they have people coming from Ventura, from San Diego, and, and a lot of people from Orange County, obviously. I'm in Orange mm-hmm. County. Uh, but it's it's been really flattering that, that a lot of people have found out. And those are going to be family members, right? I treated yeah. a family member, and they're like, you got to see this guy. You leave your doctors in South America behind. Go go see this guy. And mm-hmm. and, uh, and so it's it's interesting some of the – some some of the things that has happened, it's been really neat. Uh, I um, it, it's been just a, f- a fun ride, and I look forward to it. Especially so you, with have, the you have a new addition to the family as well. I do. We got a little four and a half month old at home, and uh, and uh, Theodore. Theodore's his name. Yeah. <laughs> so we're really uh, excited about that, and uh, and um, th- you know, with the biking community, Amy's very involved, and mm-hmm. um, Theodore has been down camping at your venue already. Yep, Ensenada at, Bike Fest, yeah. At, at Ensenada Bike Fest, two and a half months old, and he <laughs> went camping in Mexico and uh, was an angel. He loved yeah. it. So yeah, the cool little kid. And when he woke up in the middle of the night at a taco shop, he loved it. He, he, he was like, look at all these people. Look at all these tacos. He can't eat them yet, but, yeah, right. but he, got to, he got to sample them later after That's my awesome. wife ate. Yeah. And you guys are pretty adventurous. Cool, Thomas. Well, I appreciate you coming in and, and uh, really getting in depth into the stem cells and um, maybe uh, dismissing a lot of the you know the fears that people have about where it's coming from. You know, and uh, now we have an option of where to go to. You know, and if people are looking for information, podiatryhotline.com, uh, right on that site. Uh, you can call the number. They does online scheduling. You can call. You know, you can schedule at two in the morning online. Whatever you need. Nice. Um, but we're pretty open. All my patients get my direct phone number. So if you've got questions and you're like, man, I just want to ask this guy some questions, you know, call me. We'll, we'll talk about things. Um, of course, uh, when, when they come into the office, we really dive deep into things. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, thanks for listening uh, to an episode of Beyond the Bike. And thank you, Mr. Rombacher, Podiatry Hotline, for thank coming you, to the studio and talking story with us. All that right, was guys. fun. Thanks. Have a good night.